What's up, everybody? Eternal Transmissions here again. Episode 47. It's basically a million. Yeah. Uh, my name is Danny. I'm Garrett. And I'm Taylor. So, Terminal Transmissions is a little podcast where we talk about pop culture stuff. We like to get into it with ideas and discussions and opinions. We talk about TV shows, science and technology, movie films, mm-hmm. and video games, yeah. which yeah. are things that all of us are passionate about, coincidentally. <laughs> Uh, so, like Eric said, it's episode 47. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk about Sense8 Season 2 and a Christmas special that we're getting, which yes. is super cool. Success. Finally. Um, we're going to talk about a new effort to cure cancer. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, the 2016 Game Awards, which were this week. And yeah. Some wild, some wild awards went out there. And then finally, we're going to finish up with Lynn manuel Miranda yes. is working on bringing the King Killer novel series to both TV and film, which so is fucking wild and zany. Yeah. So we're going to go straight into TV. We're going to talk about Sense8. Now, all three of us are fucking huge Sense8 fans. Huge fans. The biggest. And, yeah, yeah, like legitimately. Real <laughs> huge. Um, I'm 6'3". But, <laughs> so it's been over a year since season one. Right. Um, it was 12 episodes. It came out pretty shockingly. A lot of the Netflix series I'm aware of and follow mm-hmm. way before they come out, but most people don't and aren't, and I have to tell them. Right. The new show came out. you got to watch 3%. Right. And then they don't for a month, and then in a month, everybody's going to be like, Dad, you had a 3%. Oh, God. Because <laughs> that's literally happened like eight times. Right. So that's your life, pretty it's much. It's my whole goddamn life. So anyway, we just got news a couple of days ago, uh, not only of a release date confirmation for season two, right. uh, which is May 5th, mm. and it's going to be 10 episodes, which season one was 12. Yeah. Right. Whatever. Bumming me uh, But all also, in a couple of weeks, we're getting a fucking Christmas special. A two-hour yeah. Christmas, two Christmas special. A two-hour Christmas special on the 23rd. So fucking cool. Now, there's not a lot of shows anymore that get Christmas specials. It's right. like Doctor Who. and Star like, Wars. Right. <laughs> <laughs> George Lucas, who listens to this podcast, just got real mad. Um, He's buried it. Yeah, yeah. You don't tell him about that shit. <laughs> But anyway, uh, yeah, we're getting a two-hour Christmas special. I think they just knew. They knew that they weren't giving us any information about season two. It's been over a year. Yeah. We have no dates, nothing. So they're like, you know what? We're going to tide him over with a little Christmas special. Yeah, I think it's cool. Oh, it's it's awesome. Yeah. And and it's uh, it's canon. It's it's Mm -hmm. in the same. It's not like, you know, it's not like. It's not a one-off. It's not a Dragon Ball Z movie or a Doctor Who movie where a lot of times they just happen and the timeline doesn't matter. Right. Continuity doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. It's totally just in between season one and two and we just get a little That's taste we get some more you know they're gonna learn gonna be awesome. more stuff about each other and figure out more yeah. things you can see holidays in different countries and stuff yeah. yes that would exactly be cool. yes. and even them experiencing it from their own culture right. seeing it from the perspective of one of the other yes. characters oh, and man. they're like holiday celebrations yes i feel like i'm gonna cry oh yeah for sure it's gonna be tearsburg so yeah i'm super excited about it we knew that season two was confirmed but Filming. we just didn't know right. anything about it right but um the wachowskis have said that they've already they it's, it's gonna be a five season show period okay they know i didn't know five, that yeah yeah they know it's five seasons hopefully we get all five seasons yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i can't imagine netflix not doing it yeah um, i read a thing that was talking about how they 
It might have been in that link that you sent. But it was talking about how people that have watched the first three episodes, right. like most of them, 70%, if not all of them, 70%. went and watched all of the other ones in very quick yeah. fashion. A lot of people didn't really get into it when they started it. So this was crazy. Yeah, yeah. Piggyback, piggybacking off of that. I didn't know this until today when we were doing the research that initially it got like bad reviews and right. people weren't liking it. Well, the first episode is a little bit, it's a little much. There's a lot going on. I was fucking dialed I was hooked. in. Yeah. I was hooked on I the was first kind of like, oh, what is this? Yeah. And so, yeah, I was, I was reading that same article and it was talking about that. Right. It was talking about right. like, oh, people didn't really like it. But like the people that basically 70, it said 70 70% of the people that stuck around and made it through the first three then binged the last ones. It's because right. of that, that goddamn song was in the third Oh, episode. yeah. And that's the scene that makes everybody fall in love with it. I actually date. told a lot of people, like, dude, there's this song in episode three that yeah. you've got to see. You have yeah. to make it through What's Up and 70% you'll be hooked. of all people <laughs> who watched the first three episodes of Sensei actually finished the whole oh, season. Yeah. But it's it's mega it's mega cool. And the show's cool. If you haven't seen the first season, do yourself a favor and yeah. just go check yeah. it out. Sensei was like the first Stranger Things. It's like the first Real. Netflix series that I'm like, you gotta, yeah, you gotta. And it was another one of those where I felt like I was like browbeating people into watching right, the show. Right. And then when they watch it, they're like, oh my fucking God. Yeah. <laughs> it's really cool because it's, 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 it's pretty lofty sci-fi for a TV show mm-hmm. to be perfectly mm-hmm. real. It's a really cool concept that you don't get into. It is a trope, but you don't see it a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't, you don't see a lot of like mind sharing, like empathy sharing, Especially not on TV. Absolutely not. Yeah, we've seen it a little bit in, not really esoteric, but like Stepford Cuckoos from Marvel have it. Mm -hmm. Um, There's, there, in some iterations, Peter Madrox has a a, a small element of it. Um, Not to be confused with Jamie Madrox. Jamie Madrox, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm stupid. Jamie Madrox has it. Uh, in some iterations. Where did you get Peter from? I don't know. I'm stupid. Peter Petrelli. Yeah, I'm an idiot. There you go. Yeah. Always on your mind. Yeah, one of the guys in Powers has it. But yeah, you don't normally see it. Uh, and it's and it's really neat. It's, and usually when you do see it, it's like cloning or it's done through some weird magical ritual kind of thing. Mm-hmm. This is something different. It felt much more personal. And Sensei, it's very subtle about the sci-fi part of it, at least from what I've seen. Yeah. It, you know, it's not like... In your face, kind it's of cool, hokey because it is hardcore sci-fi. Yeah, but they're not they're is. not hitting you with like spaceships and lasers right. and like computers. It's basically all just like spoken, right? Yeah. yeah, you don't even really you don't really see any of it. Yeah, it's true, and it's mega fucking cool. Yeah. Also, God. I just I hope that they explore more of like the lore. Yeah, and, you know yeah. the history of the Sensei because they really didn't at all. No, yeah. and I don't want this to happen, but I really, really, really want to know what happens to a Sensei group when one of them dies. One thing that I'm kind of don't want to happen, and this was kind of one of the issues that I had with, spoiler alert, Orphan Black, is that I don't want there to be, like, an evil team of sensates. Right. Yeah. I feel like that's inevitable. Because we do know that there are more than just them. Right. Yeah, there yeah, are yeah. other groups of sensates that are letter linked. I hope that there that we do get introduced to another one, but right. I'm really scared that it's just going to be the trope of, like, this is the evil sensate team. Right, right. Yeah, hopefully yeah. not. Uh, yeah. I could see that happening. Hopefully not. The clones are all boys and they're all bad guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to cross my fingers that we don't we don't see that. But yeah, it did say several times that like there are other ones and it talks about like, what was his name? Whistler? What was it? What was Whispers. The bad- Whispers? Yeah. Whistler is the guy from Blade. Oh, yeah. True. Anyway, I'll go with Whispers. Don't look him in the eye. Yeah. Like Whispers. What? Like <laughs> he, he was one of them. 
And, yeah, it, yeah. and it remains to be seen if, if did he kill the rest of I kind of wonder if he's got like a sure. Jet Li is the yeah. one type of deal where yeah. if you kill the other sensates, you get more powerful. Oh, shit. Uh, oh, shit. Oh, no. Oh, yeah, maybe. What if one of them goes rogue? Oh. Yeah. Who would, who would it be? Fucking, I don't know. Cassius? I, like the one you least suspect? Yeah, maybe. It's always the one you most medium suspect. But oh, maybe okay. maybe it's not, though. <laughs> maybe Maybe he has the crew. Maybe he actually does have like a sensate crew himself. Oh dang, mind blown. Yeah. Even if there's just like one more left or something and they like teamed up and they they're the only two left, but it's like dang. that would be crazy if it's like, oh, we finally like we're facing off against the bad guy. It's like, nope, now my bro's here too, and I can do the magic. Damn, that'd be cool. So on to science, we've got a cool thing where there was an announcement from Sean Parker and his foundation that He's basically created a Sean, Sean Parker billionaire. <laughs> yeah, Napster man. Yeah. Yeah. The co-founder of Napster, um, as seen in the movie Social Network, mm-hmm. portrayed by Justin Timberlake, apparently has n- like is nothing like him. Mm-hmm. But what, what can you say? But anyway, apparently he's like a big time philanthropist, which is really neat. And I've known that I've read a, a, a little bit about some stuff that he had he had been involved in a few years back. But I didn't realize how big of a deal it is for him. And it is apparently. So this is really neat. Basically, he created like this super foundation to combat cancer, which is that that in and of itself is rad. But uh, what he did was that so tallied up, there's actually a shitload of cancer research funding, mm-hmm. but it's not pulled. Right. right? right. It's broken up into like all count. millions of different like groups and schools. And yeah. And the problem is that apparently there's no like unifying group here these groups don't communicate with one another right, basically right, right. so it's like all of these these separate groups that are doing their own things but they're not really like working together so we should privatize the medical industry that would be great <laughs> so <laughs> so basically he's trying to do that basically his foundation is is taking six of the largest top of the world like world leading medical research teams for cancer for oncology and basically just putting them together right combining all their resources and research and whatnot yeah and it's cool and and then there's some like huge names like stanford is doing it several several universities also sloan kettering yeah (laughs) Um, it was me johnny hopkins and sloan kettering and we were blazing that shit up every day uh but yeah it's really cool so he he put 250 million dollars into this program and it's going to focus on discovering highly personal tumor tags by using algorithms, mm-hmm. which in and of itself, that's the coolest thing that's ever happened. Oh, yeah. Really cool. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like... Math medicine. Yeah. It's breaking it down just like we talked about a while back that they're developing algorithms now that are basically doing medicine better than doctors. And that's, this is basically that, but just specifically with cancer. So basically, they, they're doing several things. And on their website, it talks about a couple different approaches that they're going about, which are both really neat. And th- and that's one of them that they're basically trying to identify basically the genes and basically like what it is that allows certain bodies to combat cancer better. Right. And then taking that information and using that to basically give a vaccine that your body would actually be able to fight cancer without ever having cancer. Right. So normally your body doesn't start creating neoantigens, which are the actual antibodies basically that mm-hmm. start fighting the cancer when you get cancer. Mm-hmm. Your body would just have these already that it would then be able as soon as cancer starts developing your it would already have that full so immune cool. response. 
that's fucking awesome. That's oh, can so- we just be immortal yet? Yeah, give and it, it to it me. And it said the the cool thing where it's like you can customize your vaccine based on your own DNA. So mm-hmm. it's not one size fits all. It's let's test out and look at your algorithm and then design this whole preventative yeah. care program just specifically for you. Yeah. yeah, it's not one size fits all. It's custom tailoring. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's it's re- it's really cool, and I, I love this. I I love that we're we're having people start forward thinking with technology, using it to our benefit, not in just like, hey, let's go make money off of this. But it's just like, hey, let's save the fucking world, let's save humanity. I, I like that. Call me crazy. So in video games, we had the 2016 Game Awards this week. And we wanted to just kind of run through some of the awards and talk about the winners and, you know, just conject and offer a little couple opinions. But for the most part, we're just going to kind of run through who won. Yeah. Uh, there are definitely some that we're more passionate about than other ones. Starting off with the most anticipated game. Yeah. So mm. this list is fucking crazy. <laughs> as much as I'm excited about the winning game, I can't goddamn believe it's the winning game. Yeah. So the nominees for most anticipated game were God of War, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, mm-hmm. Mass Effect Andromeda. Red Dead Redemption 2, and The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, which won. Now, I like I said earlier, Legend <laughs> of Zelda is my one of my favorite game series, if not my favorite. Right. And I'm fired up about this game. Sure. But to tell me that across video games as a whole, right. because Nintendo sells shit compared to PlayStation <laughs> and Xbox yeah. and PC. Right. Telling me that Zelda, Legend of Zelda is more anticipated than Red Dead Redemption fucking 2. Get the fuck out Somebody of Somebody rigged it. Yeah. yeah, Nintendo threw money at the problem. Yeah. They didn't, they didn't they really win did. shit else yeah. on the whole fucking uh, the whole show. They polled, like, sixth graders only. Oh, yeah. They polled me. <laughs> but no, because I would have voted for God of War or Horizon Zero Dawn. I, in, I, I know that I'm a crazy mutant person, and so I'm used to not having my, you know, the things that I like align with, like, the status quo. Not even saying that in a cool way. I'm into weird shit. Uh, I I want to play Horizon Zero Dawn more than I've ever wanted to play a video game. I'm not kidding. I think it's actually going to probably be my favorite video game of all time. Yeah. So I already knew, but legitimately, if, if you read me that list, I would 110% think that it would be Red Dead. Honestly, I would put Legend of Zelda last. Yeah, yeah. Of all of those, 100% Zelda would be last. Not even and a question in my mind. Have you seen the fucking God of War trailer yeah. that they showed last Fuck year at E3? Off. Or this yeah. year at E3, really? Jesus Christ. But all of that. Red Dead, we haven't even seen anything from Red Dead, basically. But still. If you Red played Red Dead Redemption, you know. Oh, Christ. You know in your beans. And then Mass Effect, again, you don't even need to see the new trailer that was just unveiled. Just off of what we knew about it, goddamn. But now, having seen that trailer... Uh, it's actually funny because when these uh, awards came out, I was telling Garrett about this this specific category, uh-huh. and I said, "You haven't seen the Mass Effect and Drama trailer, but you will put it above Zelda once I show you <laughs> the trailer." Yeah, and then it's objectively it, true. It, it, every one of these games, Good Man Sky. <laughs> yeah, and the next the next category that we're going to talk about is best multiplayer. So it was out of Battlefield One, Gears of War Four. Overcooked, which is oh. incredible. So Joe's a big fan. Yeah, Overwatch, Titanfall two, and Tom Clancy, Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Siege. And so we got irons in this fire. Yeah, so Overwatch <laughs> won, thankfully. And and honestly, out of that, out of that crew, out of that category, like. I, I, nothing could possibly come. You ever close. played a game of Overcooked? Uh, no, but I've seen I've seen some stuff. I would rather watch than cook. If I'm being totally honest, yeah, is it dope? Yeah, I'm a spectator. 
That's awesome. There's a lot of screaming. But yeah, Overwatch is the, is like the best multiplayer game. So the next one I want to do is best family game. The nominees were Dragon Quest Builders, Lego Star Wars The Force Awakens, Pokemon Go, Ratchet and Clank, and Skylanders Imaginators. Uh, Pokemon Go won. That doesn't surprise me one bit. Right. Um, just because even though it fell off, the initial sure. fury, I'm going to call it, was <laughs> fucking bonkers. Yeah. In best strategy game, we had Civ Six, which just came out shortly, uh, shortly ago. <laughs> uh, I accept you. Fire Emblem Fates, which I I'm not gonna lie, I'd never heard of that iteration of Fire Emblem. Banner Saga Two, Banner Saga One was dope as fuck. I didn't play the second one. Uh, Total War Warhammer, never heard of it. And XCOM Two, which I know has a lot of fans, but Civ Six is an incredible game, and it's hard for those types of games, strategy games, to compete with the Civ franchise. So, and, and it won. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, best fighting game, we had uh, Killer Instinct, specifically Season 3, which is essentially just more characters and whatnot. Uh, we had King of Fighters 14. We had Pokemon Tournament and then Street Fighter 5. Street Fighter 5 won, which doesn't surprise me. Right. So, for best RPG, we had Dark Souls 3, Deus Ex Mankind Divided, The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt Blood and Wine, which was The Witcher 3's DLC. Mm-hmm. And World of Warcraft Legion and Xenoblade Chronicles X. Now, this one's fucking wild to me. Yeah. Uh, so the the winner was The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt Blood and Wine, which is a DLC. And it's not, I guess you could say it's a standalone game. They did. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I can't believe that Deus Ex lost that, to be yeah, perfectly yeah. real. So if you look, it's interesting that World of Warcraft Legion is also an expansion. Or, oh, or, yeah, or, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's interesting to and me. Just running low on, on game. I don't even know if that's the case. It's just, I guess we're moving to the point where expansions and DLC are so, like, big if and so much content that they can win awards. Right, if that's yeah. what's going to happen with Uncharted Lost Legacy, I'm down with it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Say I won't. <laughs> Best action-adventure game, we had Dishonored 2, Hitman, Hyperlight Drifter, Ratchet and & Clank, and Uncharted 4, A Thief's End. And the winner was Dishonored 2, which just came out like four seconds ago. So that was pretty neat. Yeah, I was really surprised that Uncharted 4 didn't win yeah, that one. Yeah, I'm a little yeah. bit sad about that. I I can't believe it, to be yeah. perfectly honest. Um, that's kind of wild to me. That's threw money at the problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is kind of weird to me. And, and I know that Dishonored is a great franchise and a lot of people really, really love it. But Uncharted 4, jeez. I haven't again, even played it, just of, watching it. Game of the Year Awards were like a week ago. And coincidentally, Dishonored Two came out like, like a week ago, ago. Yeah, or two yeah. weeks ago, right? Yeah. yeah, it was like it was like which one of these came? How out? How did you have time to play it and determine that it was the best action adventure game? They crushed. Right. So just the plain best action game, no adventure in these. Uh, the nominees were Battlefield <laughs> One, Doom, Gears of War Four, Overwatch, and Titanfall Two. Uh, Doom won, and I'm fired up about it because. I fucking loved Doom. Yeah. The new Doom game is one of my favorite games of all time. That's crazy. It's at least in, probably in the top five. I did not know um, that until a, we were talking about this. A lot of people didn't play it. Mm-hmm. I, it is so much fucking fun. Yeah. Like, it's unbelievable how much fun that game is. I've never been more fired up playing a game, like, ever. You really were. Like, when you would talk about it, you were so goddamn pumped up about it. It gets you pumped up. Yeah. I, I, like, the soundtrack is fucking dope, and you were just jamming tunes in there. For best performance, there was Alex Hernandez as Lincoln Clay in Mafia 3, Kissy Jones as Delilah in Firewatch, Emily Rose as Elena in Uncharted 4, Thief's End, 
Uh, Nolan North is Nathan Drake in Uncharted 4, Rich Summer is Henry in Firewatch, and Troy Baker is Sam Drake in Uncharted 4. And Nolan North actually won as Nathan Drake. Yeah. Oh, Nolan. So this is basically just voice actor awards. It's right. who, who did the best job. I was, as much as I loved Uncharted 4, and obviously they had three fucking nominations, I really was kind of hoping that Rich Summer was going to win because I didn't like Firewatch. I was disappointed. I uh-huh. felt like it was overhyped. But he did fucking so well. Really? And I don't think that Nolan North needs another goddamn award. Damn. Yeah, I wanted Emily Rose to win because I love Elena and she does such a good job as her. So let's just double down. Yeah. This one is uh, Best Music and Sound Design. And we had Battlefield 1. We had Doom. Inside, which was a little indie title. Uh, Res Infinite, which was actually a VR title. And then Thumper, which uh, is another sort of indie title, which is like a, basically just a music rhythm game. Oh, cool. Um, Doom 1. <laughs> now, if you know me, I fucking love the Doom soundtrack. In fact, when I'm at work, I listen to the Doom soundtrack on repeat and like crush work. That's awesome. Um, so I'm super happy with that one. Yeah. Best art direction, we had Abzu, which I know that Danny loved. Damn. Firewatch, which was beautiful. Uh, Inside, which we just spoke about. Uh, Overwatch, of course. And Uncharted 4, A Thief's End. Which, Inside won. It's pretty pretty cool that an indie game won that. Yeah. That's pretty neat. I really would have thought that Firewatch would have won that. I would have thought Abzu or Firewatch. Yeah. I, having played through Abzu, it's yeah. one of the most beautiful games I've ever seen. It's not the most graphically intensive. Right. But in terms of, like, color palette and, like, settings and, like, creatures, it's fucking, like beautiful yeah it was really pretty i saw i saw a little bit of you playing it and i was really mesmerized not that i would ever play it it's just crazy to me that you're saying that and it was in the same category as uncharted 4 and i've seen uncharted 4 so thinking about a game being prettier than uncharted 4 but see, that's why i made the distinction that i wasn't just talking about in terms of like graphic because uh, Ab- abzu graphically is way reduced mm-hmm. it doesn't have the lighting and the textures right. but right. it's fucking beautiful yeah it's like that's like the whole point of it is that it's just supposed to be, like, beautiful and mesmerizing. I see. Uh, for best narrative, it was Firewatch, Inside, Mafia 3, Oxen Free, and Uncharted 4. Uncharted 4 won, rightfully so. Finally, yeah. I mean, yeah. I haven't played those other games, but... No, this Uncharted one, this one, is incredible. I, this one I feel was not, not much of a competition. Like, those games, I'm sure, are all great. Um, Firewatch narrative was great, but, like, Uncharted, Uncharted. 4's narrative... It's, yeah. It was such a, a wonderful and such a well done, you know, finale to that series. And it was a great story. And everybody that contributed to it just did such a good job. And again, it's gorgeous. And that coupled with a really good narrative, it was awesome. That's dope. And then best game direction, we had Blizzard for Overwatch, Dice for Battlefield 1, id software for doom naughty dog for uncharted 4 and respawn for titanfall 2 blizzard 1 for overwatch which i actually really was pumped about this just because of one thing and one thing only and it's that and i think it ties into game direction is that blizzard has been like unprecedentedly attentive to their fans wants Mm -hmm. for for overwatch so much so that it's goddamn incredible. Yeah, it's like shocking. Yeah, it, it, it's like they keep making changes to things because the players not only ask for them, but like because they need it to happen for the game to be balanced, etc. For the yep. needs of the players, the wants of the players, and they're actually being attentive to all of that. That it's it is. It's like Danny said, it is actually fucking shocking. It's like it's like actually blowing me away. Almost every change they've made to the game has been based on just players fucking kvetching about it. Yeah, and like that's, that's everything. Awesome. 
like like, like, like balance changes, changes to game modes. Yeah, right. They literally only took dupe characters out of uh, quick play because we never shut up about it. Yeah, every single player in the game was like, "Why? It doesn't make sense." Yeah, yeah, it's real, and and I'm so glad they they won that. That's awesome. And then to double down, we had the game of the year, uh, and the nominees were Doom again, Inside again, Overwatch again, Titanfall 2 again, and Uncharted 4 again. All of these games had been nominated for multiple other awards. Yes. Uh, and the winner was Overwatch. Yeah. yeah. Overwatch got game of the year, which I suspected that. I would have guessed uh, Overwatch or Uncharted 4. Yeah. I wanted Doom to win because it's <laughs> a fucking incredible game. Mm-hmm. Um, I cannot believe, and me and Garrett talked about this. I can't believe Titanfall 2 got nominated. Yeah, it's pretty wild. It'd be like Dishonored 2 being on here. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I, I can understand them being nominated for like narrative or like um, game direction or stuff like that. Right. Because apparently the solo campaign in Titanfall 2 was great. I've oh, heard wow. nothing but good things about that. Cool. But that's not the whole game. Right. So the fact that they were even nominated for Game of the Year, I feel like EA threw some fucking yeah. FIFA, <laughs> They took all their FIFA dollars <laughs> and threw it at the Game Awards problem. Yeah, um, but it's yeah, wild. It, it was a great, great show. Uh, you know, there was a lot of cool reveals and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's it's fucking dope. I, I, I'm I'm happy with the majority of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's there's a couple of them that I kind of would call a toss up for my personal decisions. Right. Um, but most of them I don't think were stupid. I think a lot of them make sense. Uh, I, the only one that I would complain about is is Nolan North, mm-hmm. and just because the dude doesn't need a fucking award for voice acting, right? He's literally he's the dude, he's like the, the most, voice actor. Yeah, he's like the most. Him and Troy Baker personally yeah. right. <laughs> are the guys, right? It's like they don't fucking need it, right? Anywho, yeah. So in movie news. It was just announced that Lin-Manuel Miranda, who is the star and creator and writer and angelic human being that made yeah, Hamilton. You tell us how you really feel. <laughs> For those of you who don't know me, I am obsessed with Lin-Manuel Miranda, um, as I feel like most of most people are at this point. If you're not, you're That's fucking up. Yeah, Moana was great. Have you seen Moana? Moana was yeah. great. <laughs> so uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda is a Tony Emmy award-winning actor who's taken on the project of the King Killer Chronicles, which is a book series by Patrick Rothfuss. Oh. Garrett's a huge fan of this <laughs> series. Ready to go. He's strapped in. Oh, yeah. uh, the main character is a, a bard. Yeah, he's a bard. And I mean, he's a lot of things. So there's he's a, a bard, too. Um, a he's of... a minstrel. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I was actually a little bit confused about what was going on there because I've never read the King Killer Chronicles. Yeah. And I wasn't really sure how... My uh, my Broadway man was going to tie right. into this, but it turns right. out that he's a you know a traveling singing man. Yeah. <laughs> and so so uh, Lynn is uh, leading the musical development of the project, and he is going to compose and write original songs for the. It's supposed to be a movie. It could also be a TV show. There's also been talks about it being a play slash musical. It's basically just all up in the air right now. Well, but it's, it's 100% going to be a film and TV show. It might be a musical. Yeah. The and film and the TV show are confirmed. It, it'll be a musical. Yeah. And it'll be a good fucking musical. And then apparently it remains to be seen any details about it, but it's also being worked on as a video game. Oh, Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So okay. we don't know what that's that's going to be. And, and Patrick Rothfuss is hard involved. Yeah. And with all Which of is this. important. With, and, all, and with all of this. Lynn has talked about it being a book that he's read and reread multiple times and he's obsessed basically with King Killer and so Patrick Rothfuss and him just kind of love each other now because they're oh, cool. like they love each other's work and so I think it's going to be a really good oh, it's, like a, it's like a Kojima del Toro creative. relationship mm-hmm. yes exactly that's that. fucking awesome. best bros and those those kind of relationships always seem to show 
Yeah. Especially in the final product, you can tell when something was worked on with love and the two people that created it really worked hard and they got along well and they respect each other. And I think that's what's going to happen. And I'm super excited about it. Basically, yeah. anything that he's attached to, I will watch it and love it. Fuck yeah. Same. Yeah, it, it's really, really cool. So as Taylor said, like I, I love these books and, and I, I really am a huge fan of Patrick Rothfuss. I think it's going to be incredible. So when it when it was announced, there was a lot of people, including me, for like one second, that were like, "What? Like why? Like why the guy from from you know this famous huge play musical? Yeah, like well, this is what people were saying online. Like why would he be the guy? And it's like the guy from the play, the guy from yeah. the play where there's no music. Yeah, and uh, and it's like, well, the name of wind is an incredible book, but the main character is a lot of things, but mainly. His entire, like, the cornerstone of his personality and everything is wrapped around that his his people are bards. Right. They travel around, they caravan about, and they do plays for people, <laughs> and and they, they sing and dance for people. And this is what they do. And so Patrick Rothfuss has actually admitted, like, several times, like... He, he'll be the first one to admit it. He's like, I'm not a musician. Right. I wrote a musician, but I, I'm not a musician. So he didn't do like the Tolkien thing and what a lot of a lot of writers do. And they'll, they'll write song lyrics in the novels. Right. And I I think Patrick Rothfuss has done it a couple times, but I think um, um, Ronald Chevalier he did mm-hmm. it a couple of times. <laughs> yes, uh, but yeah, usually you know they they go into that and. In these books, specifically in the Kingkiller uh, books, they actually don't. Right. It, 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 more it just t- says music happened. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's much more like just talking about like the emotion of it. It right. doesn't it doesn't go into the lyrics most of the time. So every once in a while, it will. He, he hit him with a song and it got him. Yeah. Next chapter. <laughs> yeah, and so it, yeah, so it really leaves it open in like every way for Lin Manuel Miranda to just go fucking bonkers with this, right? Because the whole deal is just like. Kavoth is an incredible musician. At one point, I was telling Taylor, like, one of my favorite quotes ever comes from the books where a dude, he has a fucking ego. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, like, one of the other cornerstones of his of his personality is he has a huge fucking ego. And uh, this dude's trying to, like, goad him. And so he's like, oh, yeah, I've heard you're kind of good. And he, he responds with, I'm the best musician you've ever seen up close or from afar. A.K.A. Lin-Manuel Miranda. <laughs> yeah. So it's, okay, it's, well. I'm sorry. But for those of you that didn't know, Lin-Manuel Miranda also, uh, he read the Alexander Hamilton biography, which also doesn't have any music. <laughs> um, <laughs> Does it not? And basically, uh, he read it and just like started writing raps related to Alexander Hamilton in the American Revolution, in like a notebook, and pretty much just, for, for no reason, right? right. Just, he just had these raps in his head because that's the person that he is. So to me, it's like when he has that to work with, and right. he can create this incredible, you know, phenomenal, life changing musical. What is it going to be like when he has, you know, the name? And of I Wind? feel like right. I feel like Alexander Hamilton's fucking biography probably sucks. <laughs> right, right. He had to he had to like stretch it out. So if he's reading like a dope ass fantasy book that he yeah. already loves, right. oh, yeah. he's gonna come right. up with some lyrics. Yeah, I'm I'm fucking pumped, man. I think I think it's gonna be awesome because yeah. that's the whole thing is like with Alexander Hamilton, you have to tell that story and it's a very 
sensitive subject for a lot right. of and people. It's, it's very much on you to make it entertaining and uh, modernize it to where young kids even want to listen to this musical mm-hmm. and learn mm-hmm. about this American history. It's not like that for this book. No, no, not at all. It's that he can just tell, like, yeah, he can just... Free, it's free-range chicken. Yeah, he can just be like, <laughs> Kamoth goes in here and he's going to hit this lute like this, oh, and yeah. he's going to start singing like this, and it's just incredible. And it hits you with the magic. Oh, yeah. And I can't fucking wait, man. I, I'm really pumped that this project is moving forward because I was terrified because a lot of my favorite books, they are in development hell for forever. For or, fucking goddamn ever. Yeah, or they just never even get off, like, the showroom floor. It's just like, hey, this project's going to do something, and then you never hear anything about it again. Nothing. Not even, like, directors are, are, are attached or anything. The King Keller Chronicles are actually moving forward at a clip. Yeah. Like they, and, I, and I think that we owe Game of Thrones for starting a renaissance. Yeah, yeah Because absolutely. there have been plenty of successful properties, sure. in Lord of the Rings and shit, over the years that have been, you know, turned into other forms of media. Right. But I think that we owe it to Game of Thrones. Yeah, I, I think there is like a hardcore renaissance sure. of novels being turned into film yeah. and TV right now to the point that now we don't have to wait. Right, right. Well, it's, it's like because it's like, it's like, it's like a weird kind of like Overton window of like demographics, right? Right, 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 right? Where it's like, it's now okay to be a nerd. Right, 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 right. exactly. It's now okay to like fantasy. It's okay to like sci-fi now. And it's okay to like comic book heroes. This wasn't okay even like 10 years ago, 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. And now we're getting into where it is okay to embrace these like weird, wild things. People don't have to be ashamed of it anymore. And I'm pumped about that. And you're absolutely right that it is Game of Thrones. Like Game of Thrones is like the number one show. Right. And and Game of Thrones allowed people. It's not the number one show. The Walking Dead is the number one Have show. Have you seen Westworld? Uh, we, uh, I was just uh, like, I, I thought it actually. I thought it was. I, th- I thought it was. I know it's the number one pirated show. I didn't know. It. <laughs> oh, you mean like the number one show? Like viewer. I meant objectively. Oh, oh Jesus. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, but anyway, it, it's up there, and it, and it wins. It wins tons of awards. It has millions and millions and millions of viewers every single episode, no matter what. And so, yeah, like now people realize that there's dollar signs in it. And so they're like, oh shit, like King Killer Chronicles. Well, fuck yeah, we can make a game and a fucking play and a fucking TV show and a fucking movie. Yeah. Let's fucking go. And if anything could be easily translated to those things, I think it's King Killer. It doesn't have a lot going on. Like it only has two books. It also only has like six fucking characters yeah. so it's like ah, i think that that's awesome I also think. i would like to say that if the movie does earn lin-manuel miranda an oscar that he will be one of three people sorry you can fact check me it might be five but it's three <laughs> or five people that have won a pulitzer an emmy a grammy an oscar and a tony damn I really don't think King Killer Chronicles is going to get Lin Manuel. You know what? An Oscar. You just never know. Maybe Moana will get him one. Oh, there you go. But anyway, yeah, I'm excited about it. Fuck yeah. It's wild that like all of our favorite like comics and, and novels from when we were growing up are right. now getting made into movies and TV shows yeah. and shit, dude. I can't. I it's just like it's not it. stopping at this point. Right? Absolutely not. It's only going to get better. It's oh, only yeah. going to get more and more embraced. I love it. Yeah, I fucking love it. Well, anyway, that's episode forty-seven. Yeah, we're knocking yeah. them out. We, our first two episodes with Taylor are down. Yeah, yeah. I think those. I haven't heard them yet. <laughs> right, but those seemed really They're successful. They're fucking terrible. Yeah, no. let us know in the comments how awesome Taylor is and how much smarter she is than us. Let us know. We don't really need Tell you to em. let us know. Tell I feel em. like it's tattooed on my eyelids. Tell them over and over again. Let's get shirts. Two dumbs and a not one. Yes. <laughs> See y'all next time.
complete. Program terminated.